At God said, man said, we are sure that many of you who are yet to be born again find the promise in the prelude of these features hard to swallow. Some of you think that we are puffing the goods. We want to assure you that that is not only not the case, but in fact, not even possible to do. This place that you have come to is the very doorway to eternal life. Here you can be introduced to Jesus Christ, the King of glory. Here you can humble yourself before God and find salvation in the cleansing blood of His only begotten Son. This is your portal to redemption. Consider these words of life. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 10. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Now for those who think we are puffing the goods, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. The power to be free from all of sin's bondage. The power to live a joyful, holy life. Even the power to enjoy dominant victory stands before you. Choose life and live. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Do it now while your door is still open. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis two sixteen and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. God said, Genesis three twenty two through 24 And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. God said, Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. God said, Romans five twenty one, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Man said, Adam's 930 years, Methuselah's 969 years, and Noah's 950 years, plus the idea of Adam and Eve's original immortality, is farcical. Now the record. The Word of God is so abundantly marvelous. Every one of its dictums are true and righteous altogether. Every one. That which the sons of Adam find so unbelievable, so ridiculous, is simply true. 
Welcome to God Said, Man Said. This is feature article 624 that once again proves the full inerrancy and God's authorship of the holy, authorized King James Version of the Bible. All features are archived on this site in text and streaming audio for the edification of the sons and daughters of God and as weapons of our warfare and the battle for the souls of men. Thank you for coming. We are honored by your visit. May the face of our God Jehovah shine upon you with light and truth. This is part three in this short series that deals with the concept of Adam and Eve's immortality, immortality lost, and even immortality restored, as well as the Bible's record of man's lifespan being 911 average years prior to the global flood in the days of Noah. These Bible concepts, which have experienced a huge brunt of the skeptics' ire and ridicule, are fully true and, yes, even supported by third-party secular sources, such as ancient historians and societal records, molecular biology, paleontology, and other sources. Sons and daughters of God, be of good cheer. Your Father has left a certifiable record. The focus of feature one was twofold. One, to establish that scientists have come to the conclusion that human immortality is now plausible. In the first feature, we reviewed many references that reveal where science stands today on this subject, and that their research lends serious credibility to the biblical record that Adam and Eve were created to live forever. The following short excerpt from feature one gives the gist of science's position on immortality. The following excerpt is from the article in U.S. News & World Report titled, The Cells of Immortality. It reads, Over the past century, vaccines, antibiotics, and good sanitation have upped the average American's life expectancy by decades to today's 74 years for men and 79 for women. Now, new understanding of the genes and chemicals involved in aging may not only help humans live far past that age, but more importantly, may also help people retain health and strength in their latter years. The discovery of biological clocks ticking away in each of our cells and the knowledge of how to reset those clocks opened the possibility that a human would never die, at least not from old age, end of quote. Again, reiterating information we explained earlier about DNA, the article continued. But even if everyone were to receive special longevity genes, each cell in the body nonetheless carries plans for its eventual death right in its DNA. At the end of each chromosome is a long strand of nonsense DNA called a telomere. Each time a cell divides, the strand gets a bit shorter like a burning candle wick. When it runs out, the cell can no longer divide and it's left to age and die. But scientists have found that the enzyme telomerase can rebuild the strand over and over again. With the help of this substance, human cells have been enjoying immortality in a petri dish at Geron Corporation for more than 200 normal lifetimes. End of quote. World-renowned doctor Sanjay Gupta wrote the following in his book Chasing Life. All over the world and right in your backyard. There are people who are steadily pushing back the frontier of aging. 
They are not content to simply wither away, becoming frail and feeling worthless. Instead, they are achieving a sort of practical immortality, living as long as they want to live and dying only when they are through living. Immortality is on the horizon, and it is within our reach for the first time. End of quote. Focus number two in the first feature establishes the accuracy of God's record that the average lifespan of man before the global flood was 911 years. Famed historian Josephus, who wrote several decades after Christ, believed the account. He cited 11 ancient historians of renown who recorded that the ancients lived a thousand years. The following words in chart are from the records of human longevity from other nations. Another point of interest is that when the Egyptian reign lengths are placed alongside the Hebrew lifespans of the patriarchs, we notice a surprisingly close correspondence. Take a moment to compare the numbers. Egyptian Pharaoh Ra, reign, a thousand years. Biblical patriarch Noah, lifespan, 950. Egyptian Pharaoh Shu, reign, 700 years. Biblical patriarch Shem, lived to be 600. Egyptian Pharaoh Geb, reign 500 years. Lifespan of the Bible patriarch Arphaxad, 438. Now let me get down to the very bottom because this is an extensive list. The last two. Uh, Pharaoh uh, of Egypt, Shu, reign 120 years. Lifespan of Jacob, 148. Egyptian Pharaoh Amen-Ra, reign 80 years. Lifespan of Joseph, 110. 911 average years before the flood? Absolutely yes. In feature two, we cited the fact that Adam and Eve died spiritually the very day that they ate the fruit, even as God warned, but lived on physically for hundreds of years. Adam died at 930. Now, to us, 930 years would be quite a magnificent milestone, but when compared to immortality... It was and is just a vapor. In feature two, we address things that happened on the inside, spiritual things that were a result of gaining the knowledge of good and evil, things that Adam and Eve had never known. Our great-grandparents could not handle the knowledge. It was Satan's dream come true, but death and destruction to all of mankind. We listed numerous scientific studies that demonstrated the deadly, life-shortening effects of the spiritual things Adam and Eve began to know, things such as fear, uncertainty, accusatory natures, hatred, envy, bitterness, stress, deceit, grudges, etc. Something happened on the inside. Something deadly happened when the knowledge of good and evil entered the realm of immortality. Originally, this short series was to be three features, but it will be necessary to expand it to four. In this feature, we will address something that happened on the outside. Genesis chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. According to God's word, God created the earth with water upon it, a layer he called firmament in heaven hovering over it, and above the firmament another layer of water. 
when scientists put together a theoretical model designed uh, in the way just described, they came up with some astounding scenarios. One, a water canopy encompassing the whole earth would create a virtual greenhouse regulating a perfect temperature around the globe in which there would be no storm of any kind. Two, the water canopy would also act as a filter blocking deadly UV rays from the sun, which arguably participate in every disease known to man. This protective canopy would contribute to much longer lifespans. Students of the scriptures know that the average lifespan before the flood of Noah was 911 years. Also take note that Adam and Eve were naked and not burned by the sun. There is also no record of God making a house for them in which to dwell. 3. The first record of rain in the Bible is during the great flood in the days of Noah. Prior to the flood, Genesis 2, 4 through 6 states, These are the days of the heavens and of the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. The perfect year-round temperature, devoid of storms of any kind, as well as the absence of rain, meant that every morning there was a perfect postcard sky, a place God called paradise. Number four. In Genesis 7, God opened the windows of heaven and poured the protective water canopy down upon the earth. This destroyed every creature that had the breath of life in its nostrils with the exception of the residents aboard Noah's Ark. Things would never be the same again. The destruction of this water canopy has produced devastating results. Living creatures that were destroyed by the flood from the loss of the water canopy resulted in billions of buried fossils. There are fish fossils on the world's mountain peaks. Man's lifespan has dropped dramatically from the average age of 911 years to the Bible's prophetic threescore years and 10 or 70 years. There are huge destructive storms bombarding this earth, as well as dangerous temperature swings and the phenomenally detrimental effects of UV rays, just to name a few. In regard to the water canopy and the greenhouse effect, consider the following. A flurry of news releases tout new discoveries during a 2004 drilling expedition into the floor of the Arctic Ocean. A May 31, 2006 headline from the Associated Press reads, Scientists, Arctic once had tropical climate. The May 31, 2006 headline at Pravda Ru reads, 55 million years ago, the Arctic was tropical. Finally, the May 31, 2006 headline of Purdue University News reads, North Pole's ancient past holds clues about future global warming. The findings of a once tropical climate at the North Pole are, of course, true, according to the physical evidence discovered. Incidentally, however, the assertion of millions of years are built upon the faulty assumption of uniformitarianism and are not science at all, but simply incorrect hypotheses. Following is the excerpt from Pravda Ru mentioned earlier. Scientists have found what might have been the ideal ancient vacation hotspot with a 74-degree Fahrenheit average temperature, alligator ancestors, and palm trees. It's smack in the middle of the Arctic, 
Coarse samples dug up from the deep beneath the Arctic Ocean floor show that 55 million years ago, an area near the North Pole was practically a subtropical paradise. Three new studies show, end of quote. Purdue University News reports, this is what they have to say. The models failed to explain another puzzling fact. The temperature difference between the North Pole and the equator today is about 45 degrees Celsius. But the difference appears to have been much smaller during the Paleocene-Eocene thermal maximum time frame. Otherwise, it would have been too hot for vegetation to survive in an equatorial latitude. We still haven't explained why the tropics stayed cool, Uber said. Somehow, we have to explain how you can warm the poles up to 23 degrees Celsius without having the tropics rise to at least 50 degrees, which is 10 degrees too hot for plants to carry out photosynthesis. He said the implications are troubling because current models may be providing optimistic predictions. Today's models underpredict how warm the poles were back then, which tells you something disturbing, that the models of anything aren't sense enough enough to greenhouse gases. Huber said, at the same time, it is possible that other forces, in addition to higher than normal greenhouse gas concentrations, were evolved. Otherwise, we can't explain how the tropics maintain livable conditions. End of quote. Scientists are flummoxed. How can this be? The answer, of course, is recorded in God's Word, in particular Genesis. Purdue researcher Huber was on the right track when he said, at the same time, it is possible that other forces were involved. Science has discovered a time when the earth was a God-created paradise. Unfortunately for the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve, it is a paradise lost. Click on the further with Jesus for instructions on re-entry. Was there a water canopy encircling the entire globe in the beginning? Did it cause a greenhouse effect, rendering the entire earth tropical, even the frigid poles? Once the water canopy was broken in the days of Noah, did the poles of the earth go into an instant deep freeze, and did the sea levels rise? The following excerpts are from Noah 2, a feature article on this website. Science writer H. Pringle writes in Discover magazine in August of 2001, attempting to explain how much of the earth's landmass was what's underwater, and that the whole earth was at one time much warmer. Of course, we know all the land was beneath water. He reports the following as new discoveries. The Middle Cretaceous was a time of intense global warming. Throughout the world, fiery volcanoes thundered, lofting immense plumes of ash and gas into the air. As a result of this and other complex global atmospheric changes, levels of greenhouse gases soared. Present-day geochemical studies suggest atmospheric carbon dioxide alone rocketed to levels three times higher than those found today. Inevitably, this thick mantle trapped heat. As Earth warmed, sea levels rose by as much as 1,000 feet. End of quote. To those who want to know where all the water went after the flood, geologists conclude that if the Earth were smooth like a ball, that a blanket of water nearly two miles high would rise above it. Does the whole world being tropical before the flood still sound bizarre? Author J.C. Whitcomb in his book The World That Perished writes, Dr. Jack A. Wolf in a U.S. Geological Survey report told that Alaska once teemed with tropical plants. He found evidence of mangroves, palm trees, Burmese lacquer trees, and groups of trees that now produce nutmeg and macassar oil. In another report, 
After a careful analysis of the stomach contents of the Beresova mammoth discovered by Russian scientists in 1901, Dillo concludes, the mammoth must have been overwhelmed suddenly with a rapid deep freeze and instant death. The sudden death is proved by the unshewed bean pods still containing the beans that were found between its teeth and the deep freeze is suggested by the well-preserved state of the stomach contents and the presence of edible meat. The animal was peacefully grazing in late July and suddenly within a half an hour of ingestion of his last lunch, he was overcome by temperatures colder than 150 degrees below zero and froze to death in the middle of the summer. Furthermore, he never completely thawed until he fell out of a riverbed in 1901, end of quote. The water canopy, which certainly existed, protected the world from the devastating UV rays of the sun. These rays are direct contributors to nearly 60 destructive diseases and arguably at least an indirect contributor to all other diseases known to man. During a discussion on how to protect long-term astronauts from the deleterious effects of the sun's UV rays, one novel suggestion was to surround them with five feet of water. God said water above the firmament, and pre-Noah man lived an average of 911 years. End of quote. Surely something happened on the outside. The water canopy that once existed above the earth was known by the non-biblical ancients as the celestial ocean. This water came crashing down upon the wicked earth in the days of Noah, and it has since been replaced by a one-half to one-and-a-half-inch ozone layer. Yes, Something happened on the outside. Instant replay. 1. Adam and Eve began as immortals, and science now confirms the plausibility of such an idea. 2. Because of sin and the subsequent knowledge of good and evil, man died spiritually the day he ate the forbidden fruit. 3. Something happened on the inside, something deadly that shortened man's lifespan. 4. Man's average age before the flood of 911 years dropped precipitously as a result of something that happened on the outside. The earth's water canopy came raining down. God said Genesis 2:16 and 17, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die." God said, Genesis 3, 22 through 24. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. God said, Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. God said, Romans five twenty one, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Man said, Adam's 930 years, Methuselah's 969 years, and Noah's 950 years, plus the idea of Adam and Eve's original immortality is farcical. Now you have the record.